going to read two different books. The 19th chapter of Leviticus says in the 16th verse, Thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart, nor shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor, and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, saith the Lord. Now, we read that and it's real easy to read over this because it's not the way we normally talk. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. That flies in the face of the average thinking of this world today. If you love somebody, you're not going to rebuke them. But the Bible says here that thou shalt in any wise, or said another way, thou shalt in any way rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. And then if you want to turn on over to Zephaniah. It says in uh, Zephaniah in the first chapter, uh, the, the first part of the first verse, it says the word of the Lord which came unto Zephaniah. And then it goes on to say in the second verse, I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. The third verse, it says, I will consume man and beast. And it goes on and on. And then in the fifth verse, it says, and them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetop, and them that worship and that swear by the Lord, and that swear by Malcham, and them that are turned back from the Lord, and those that have not sought the Lord, nor inquired of him. And then if you jump to the third chapter of Zephaniah, it says, Woe to her that is filthy and polluted to the oppressed city, this is talking about Jerusalem. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. She, tr uh, she trusted not in the Lord and she drew not near to her God. Her princes within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves. They gnaw at the bones till tomorrow. Her prophets are light and treacherous persons. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. The just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. He faileth not, but the unjust knoweth no shame. We was reading that this week and we was thinking about just how uh, this world's getting. I was talking to my father, and I said, "I just want to, I just want to go to heaven." I'm thankful that we have a promise in which we can go there, and that it'll be a place where your neighbor and your brother won't hate you. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us in the 19th chapter of Leviticus 
uh, that we are in any way or any wise to rebuke our neighbor. Well, you know what? Uh, if you rebuke your neighbor, you're going to have an enemy. Uh, but the Bible wants us to see it as something different uh, than the way the world looks at it. Uh, the way the world looks at it is, well, uh, obviously you've not praised me and told me how wonderful I am, so therefore I hate you. Uh, but the Lord says that we are to love our neighbor as herself to the point uh, that we would even in any way uh, that we are to rebuke them in order that they uh, might uh, not suffer sin. Uh, 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 in order that you might not suffer sin upon them. Uh, so that we have a responsibility that when we see our brother or sister heir uh, that we uh, reveal to them uh, the Word of God. I'm afraid there's a lot of people that Day, uh, that wants to give them uh, their opinion to people and you ought to do this and uh, you ought to do that. And I, and I reckon if they uh, they respect your opinion that might weigh for something. Uh, uh, but for the most part uh, uh, there's a lot of people uh, that are self-serving. Uh, uh, though they always possess uh, uh, in anything that they do uh, they say how's this going to affect me? Uh, and the Lord appeals to that very line of thinking. Uh, uh, he said, do unto your neighbor as you would have him do unto you. I love your neighbor as you love yourself. So then that ought to bring us to Christ. And, that, and as we act out toward our neighbor and to our brother, the way we would want to be treated, well then we would also understand and see when the expectations that we are won't from the world, that we're won't from the church, that we're won't from our neighbor, are unable to be mad because we discovered ourselves when we can't meet what we want others to meet for us and we can't meet it for them. That it brings us to the point where we see that what we want is not what God wants. And the beauty of it is that when we love our neighbor as ourselves, when we do unto our neighbor as we would have them do unto us, that we see that maybe what we want is outside of God. Maybe what we want is filthy and polluted, is as it were diverged or turned away from the things of God. The Bible says that there are those. Uh, that in, in Israel uh, that the princes were as growing lines uh, and it says here and the judges uh, as evening wolves uh, I've never been nowhere uh, where you went out in the morning uh, and you heard the roaring lions uh, but I've seen a documentary once uh, over there in Africa uh, oh, uh, there was a pride of lions uh, that had got to where they were praying uh, upon a, a, a tribe of people uh, a people within the community and you, and in this documentary, you could go out in the morning, and you would hear the lions roaring, and it brought fear to the people there because these were not just beasts that that were meat-eating beasts, but that they were actually man-eating beasts. That this pride had come in and killed and carried off several of the children. And because they, uh, this community uh, lived within a, a national uh, 
a national uh, a wildlife reserve uh, that there was certain things uh, that had certain criteria uh, that had to be met uh, in order that these lions might be killed. I, I said all of that to say uh, that in the, uh, as the men went out, uh, they'd hear the roaring lions, uh, and the lions were roaring uh, because they had had their appetite uh, satisfied. Uh, hopefully that morning, uh, by gazelle or something else, uh, but it brought fear to their hearts uh, because they knew that lions uh, were doing what lions do, uh, and they were roaring uh, because they were calling in all the others uh, to come and eat. Uh, of the kill. But that's not what world's doing the evening, is it? I've not been in a, in a community where there's timber wolves. But out here we got coyotes. And when you go out in the evening, late evening, early night, you'll hear them coyotes. They're Having, uh, as it were, uh, to say, here I am, uh, out there and let you know uh, that unlike the lions uh, that have killed their meal uh, and they have it, uh, that the coyotes are on the prowl uh, looking for a meal. And uh, isn't it unfortunate uh, that Jerusalem, uh, the place that God had placed his name, uh, that, uh, that the universe uh, cannot contain his presence uh, and yet he chose uh, to, uh, to set a house uh, there in Jerusalem uh, a place of righteousness uh, and it had become nothing more uh, than a city uh, housed by roaring lions uh, in howling bulls uh, but God would never have it to be that way uh, that wasn't his intentions uh, and that her prophets uh, were lying and treacherous. I was trying to get my mind around that. Not light and truth, but light and treacherous. But light could be taken two different ways. It could be taken as the light that causes us to see in the darkness. Or it could be taken as light as to make light of something. Or something not to have much substance to it. I, I, well, if you search it out, I, uh, that it uh, that the root word uh, goes back to a bubbling, as it were, steam. Uh, so you could say uh, that her prophets are steam uh, and treacherous. Uh, but we got to thinking about that, uh, and it. Uh, a prophet uh, whose words ought to weigh something uh, if they have no weight uh, if there is of no substance uh, oh how sad is it uh, if it is some words that just blow upon the wind uh, uh, to turn and to change uh, at the whims of men. Uh, it truly is treacherous. Uh, but then there are those, uh, the Bible says, uh, that are wolves uh, and, uh, dressed in sheep's clothing uh, that have slept in unaware uh, just like these princes uh, and these judges. Uh, judges that ought to be someone uh, that you can trust in. Uh, that you could put uh, uh, your, your trust in that, that they would do uh, what was 
us right, but now they ought to be feared for they prey on those. They ought to be protected. So then, not light and truth, but light and treachery. What does it mean to be treacherous? If you look at the definition of treachery, is to deceive somebody that trusts you to be unloyal. Who on earth needs a preacher or a prophet? That is lying and treachery. If we liken it to the lion, as Jesus is the lion, and that the preachers are, as it is to spread the lie, that Christians are to live in the lie and walk in the lie, but instead of light and truth, we got light and treachery, light and deception, light and lie. The Bible tells us where it, where it was to say there. He said, I am a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and truth. Not a gas, as it were. Not the boiling of the water. But a quickening spirit that moves upon men and lets us know where we are with God. But the Bible says here, she will not obey the voice. She received not correction. She trusts not in the Lord. She drew not to hear God. But rather, she would turn her ear to the princess and the judges and the prophets to be deceived. But not only is she content and doing that, she was not content until the presence of the Lord was removed from the house of God. I believe it was Ezekiel that had that vision where he said the Spirit of the Lord left there. I went from the threshold above the city. We find here it talks about that very thing about those that leap and, and Zephaniah that leap on the on the same day also will I punish all of those that leap on the threshold which fill their master's houses with violence and deceit can you imagine uh, to live in the, in the community uh, where you have to lock your doors. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a lot of us uh, that lock our doors at night. Uh, but there are communities uh, that lock their doors during the day uh, lest somebody comes into them, uh, lest somebody leaves uh, on their threshold uh, to consume and take uh, that which is not theirs. Uh, well, there's been a lot of people uh, that sit in the pews of churches uh, that were on welfare and been on welfare all their Christian life. And I put that in their quotes. Why? Because they're ready to leave. They're ready to jump on anything that has anything to do with God. But they don't want God. What they want is a garment to cover their back. Them being wolves and roaring lions. But the Spirit of God God has a way of working and I pray to God that it might work that it might reveal to us the truth that we would hear the light and the truth 
that comes from the Lord instead of light and treachery instead of light and falsehoods instead of knives and swords oh that the Lord would give us wisdom that we would be wise as serpents and harmless as doves and that we would trust not in the roaring lions of princes and the howling of wolves and judges that we would put our trust in the line of Judah and the king of the world not the king of the air but the king that came king of kings and lord of lords and it will do that then we will have the courage uh, to not hate our brother uh, even though he might despitefully use us but that we'll love him and that we'll be more determined to even rebuke him when it's at the cost of our own reputation when knives are taken out to destroy us but we can rest assured and know that a talebearer shall not be a among the people uh, neither shall uh, thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor uh, glory to God uh, his children uh, are humbled uh, in the presence of the Lord uh, we shut our mouth uh, and let the Lord speak uh, we listen to God Almighty uh, when, he, uh, when he calls our name uh, we are we're in tune as the Bible says he that hath an ear uh, let him hear what the word God says uh, to the churches uh, and to anyone else. Uh, I would to God we're living in the last days uh, and there's people here uh, worried about this and worried about that uh, and it ain't nothing but temporal troubles uh, that are going to melt in a fervent heat. Uh, you better get down to business with God. Uh, if you've got lost folks, uh, you better get down to business and get burdened for them uh, because we're living in a day and a time where they might not have the opportunity to reject the presence of the Lord one more time. I'm not saying this to scare nobody. I'm saying this because it's appointed unto man wants to die. And after this, of the judgment. And the Bible tells us, you can read it in Leviticus, that it says that it says, "Thou shalt not, thou shalt, uh, thou shalt rise up uh, before the hoary head and on to the face of the old man, and fear thy God. I am the Lord." And then it says, "That's in the nineteenth verse, or nineteenth chapter, in the thirty-second uh, verse, but in the twentieth chapter, in the ninth verse, it says, For every one that curseth his father or his mother shall be, uh, shall be surely put to death. Uh, he hath." Uh, he hath cursed his father or his mother, uh, uh, his mother, his blood shall be upon him. Did you hear what it said there? Uh, now, I don't know. I, I'm not, I hope you don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we ought to go back to the law. I know there's people that don't even read it. Uh, they think it don't apply, but I want to tell you something. Uh, the Lord is telling us uh, what ought to be done. Uh, but because we're under grace, uh, it ain't my job uh, to round up my son or your son, uh, to round up my daughter or your daughter. Uh, if they... Uh, 
if they curse, if they don't show uh, honor, as it says here, to the face of the old man, oh, and that they rise up before the hoary head, the white hair. That ain't me, is it? I'm bald headed. What little bit of white hair shave off outside of what's on my face? But we know here that the Lord's commandments are still the Lord's commandments. And don't you think for one minute that if there's one that curses his father or his mother, I can be in the will of the Lord. And though we might not put them to death no more, they're dead and their sins and their trespasses. And though we might wring our hands, he that curses his father or mother, his blood is on his own hands. This is how it is. And we need to understand that. And we need to get behind the hoary heads of the ones that God has placed over us and tremble in fear. There are those that have killed the very ones in their life that will lead them to Christ. And they go elsewhere. And the Spirit is so strong that it's moving all amongst them. And yet they don't move. What shall they do? What shall we do in order that we might show them that they need to fear the Lord? I tell you where we start. We start by fearing Him ourselves. We tremble. And where it's your brother, your neighbor, he didn't say your brother, did it? It said your neighbor. Those that live with us or live by us or live amongst us, that we better do it anyway. Oh, but Daryl, you can do the wrong thing. Or you can do the right thing the wrong way. And the Bible tells us that we're to do it. How is it? Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor. You're waiting around for the perfect opportunity. Just give them a little bit more time. Just this or just that. And yet the Bible says if we do anything, we better rebuke them in any way. Even if you do it the wrong way, if you're motivated by righteousness, the Lord will work a work. But let us know. I suffer for evil doing but let us suffer for well doing suffer for Christ suffer uh, as it were as an enemy of God instead of being an adversary to the Lord himself because these things are going to come to pass and we can repent but the damage is still done multitudes, multitudes and the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is mine and the valley a decision and we sit on our laurels and we do what we want and we feed the flesh and then we repent and we say oh God but you have lost out because you have damaged you have sullied you have muddied the name of Christ and because of it and there'll be those that will never enter the door of these that we even pray for and that we request prayers for and so then what shall we do and how shall we handle it? And well, how we do it is that we quit doing what we've been doing. What did, uh, what did uh, 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 our Sunday school lesson say? It said a new, uh, a new, uh, uh, what was the words there? I want to get it right. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to misquote it at all. 
uh, but we kept on saying it. And we weren't saying it exactly uh, as it says it because uh, there's something to be said there. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews the 10th chapter uh, in the 20th verse, it says, By a new and living way which He hath uh, uh, consecrated for us through the veil that He is to say uh, uh, His flesh. It's time that we go through the veil. It's time that we draw, uh, live in the holies of holies. We preached last week about that that's what these four walls are, bless you all. This ain't the temple of God, but this is the holies of holies that we need to come to church and prepare our hearts like the, the high priest did that once a year when he come within the holiest of holies, the partition's been been ran, that that veil is the, is the flesh of Christ. It's time and high time we crucify our own flesh that we put on the veil of Christ Jesus and his flesh and that victory once and for all instead of offering up swine's blood in the house of God instead of living like the devil six days a week and expecting God to bless you on the seventh with a seventh Saturday we come to worship him on the Lord's day on the first day of the week so maybe we need Quit putting the cart before the horse and allow God to lead us on the first day as well and continually through the rest of the days. As it says here, a new and a living way. Say another way, like we were saying this morning, a new way to live. I'm sick and tired of people talking about the workings of God in theory instead of applying it in their life. Uh, how long shall we suffer? Shall the body of Christ suffer because of a thorn in the flesh? I ain't talking about sin because when Paul I heard somebody say that once before now what Paul was talking about was some besetting sin that God had come and that he went to God three times and the Lord wouldn't take it away but the Bible tells me if you confess your sins he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness so you weren't seeing all Paul was talking about that thorn in the flesh because you don't have to ask God three times you just have to ask him once and if you put your faith and trust in him he can give you liberty he can give you freedom and he can find and you can find salvation in the power that comes through the Holy Ghost and you can be set free from it that's not a thorn in the flesh but I want to tell you something the besetting sins of a brother can become the thorn of uh, uh, the thorn in the flesh of the church. Uh, why? Because uh, we're trying to establish holiness. Uh, we're trying to be a lighthouse to the world. Uh, and if all they see uh, is your besetting sin, uh, they'll assume that that is what Christ is. Listen, your besetting sin is alcoholism. Does that mean you can come to the Lord three times and, and the Lord didn't take it from you? And so therefore, that's all thorn in the flesh. That's other foolishness, ain't it? There ain't nobody that would believe that or say uh, a murder. Uh, yet we 
We hear people say just that very thing. That the thorn in the flesh is some kind of uh, besetting sin. Uh, has some pornography. Or this. Or, or that. Or uh, what? what? Oh, what's the other uh, thing? Backbiting. Uh, you name the sin. Uh, that goes over and over and over again. And we would like to think uh, that it's a thorn in the flesh. Uh, but the Lord has promised us uh, that we can dwell in the holies of holies uh, if we walk through the veil, uh, uh, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but I don't want to live in sin. Uh, I want to be set free from it. Uh, I want to go to a place... Uh, where we'll never have to look upon it again. And the only way to get there, honey, is to sacrifice yourself on the old, uh, at the old rugged cross. Oh, I want to tell you something. The pathway of least resistance is a crooked way, just like a river that takes the path of least resistance and becomes crooked. So will you. You turn this way and that way. Well, I'm afraid we don't get on Facebook. Matter of fact, we don't even refer to it as that. But we was on there this week to listen to some services. And I declare the front page of most Facebooks is a living lie. Their walls, their lines, everybody trying to throw out what they are. But if you know them, you know otherwise and guess what God sees it all he sees the lies but you say I'm just trying to think positive well think positive you want to you need to pray you need to think hellfire and destruction instead of positivity because it's coming to a store near you it's coming to your own neighborhood it's coming to your house it's coming to your soul if you don't repent, can I preach it any harder? Is there any that'll listen? Judgment's coming, and there is no respect of any person. If you don't have the blood applied, willful sin will send you to hell. We heard about it. So therefore, let us repent. Let us mourn. Let us rebuke our neighbor in order that he might not sin. In order that he might and we might tremble as the Bible says. It says here, Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Oh, listen to me now. But to rebuke your neighbor is to sin against him in our culture today. There's a lot of people I wish to, I would to God that's outside the walls of this church. Oh, but even within the walls of this church, I, uh, that think somehow uh, they have no problem whatsoever uh, uh, give them a benefit of the doubt uh, uh, to the wicked and the unrighteous uh, uh, when it comes to the born again uh, they always want to think the worst uh, well you know I was talking about that this very week uh, I said wait a minute uh, somebody said something about somebody uh, and I said wait a minute uh, I truly believe uh, uh, that's a man uh, that's trying to serve the Lord uh, so until I see otherwise I'm going to give him a benefit of the doubt and that's what every one of us ought to do for our brother and sister in Christ why because it said way back there in Leviticus we read it love thy neighbor as thyself if you're so self-centered all you can think about is yourself 
Here's a means in which that you can have union with a brother in Christ. You're going to treat him like you want to be treated. And you know all too well how you want to be treated. And nobody ever meets your standards. Now's the time. Step up and meet your own standards. And you'll change your community. Or you'll change yourself, one of the two. And both of them, one being closer to God than the other, is when we change ourselves. It's wonderful to change our community. It's wonderful to affect our community in a positive way. But if we're doing it through deceit and lies, then we're nothing but light and destruction. Well, I said destruction. But light and deception. A light and what was it? How was it? It said, we want to get it right again. We don't want to misquote the scripture. It said light and treacherous persons. I don't want that to be put on my tombstone. Do you say, oh no, my husband wouldn't do that. My wife wouldn't do that. Surely my kids. Well, you don't have no, uh, you have no control over that. To be quite frank, uh, I've got a kid, I've got relatives uh, have been dead for years, uh, and they still ain't got a tombstone. Uh, let me tell you something: uh, they don't ever have to have a tombstone, uh, but there's a tombstone there uh, when you walk by, and you know uh, you don't even have to know that person, uh, but you'll say, "Surely there lies a man that uh, died and had no children." Uh, he had more than one but he had no children that counted him as an honorable father amen or oh me so then we have no control of what's put on our tombstone or whether we even get one but the point well I guess you could you could do like daddy did and have it all wrote but I tell you what he could tell the biggest lie and put it on his tombstone but it wouldn't change nothing why because God knows the truth and everybody else does. Are you going to mourn at the loss of your children? Are you going to mourn at the loss of your parents and wish if I'd done things different? Well, you can wish in one hand and wish in the other and it'll do you no good. But if you pray now, the Lord will come and he'll move mountains, won't he, honey? He'll move mountains. He'll take something that ain't fit for nothing and he'll use it as an instrument to spread the gospel. And that, my friend, is good. That's lie and truth, not lie and treachery. I would to God that we could dwell in the house of loyal Christians, but we have the thorn in the flesh that we have. But glory to God, there's coming a day where these afflictions will not afflict us no more. And we'll be set free from the bondage, the curse of sin. Oh, if we only knew how far it went. Oh, Adam and Eve only knew how far it would go. But they couldn't even get their mind. Well, I guess they could have. They see the animals, no doubt, having little babies. So if they only knew, if they only knew, and that that instant, that moment of pride, and that moment of, well, I need to know more than I know. If they only knew that that was at the cost of their own son, I wonder if Eve would have hesitated. I wonder if Adam would have looked at the Lord and said, Lord, Give me another. 
We do that then. And you know, that's why it goes to prove you, to you that adultery uh, is wrong and never occurred, never occurred to Adam uh, when he was in his, uh, when he was in his perfect state to get him a wife. That's only occurred to men once they've been, once they've fallen. Never occurred to him why she was all, his all in all. She was bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Oh, but I tell you what, he might have thought about it. He might have said, oh God, I don't know what would happen. Uh, you know what? Uh, the point is though, that if sin hadn't entered in the world, their child wouldn't have died. And we wouldn't have to be experiencing that death over and over and over. It's not all that say, Lord, Lord, it's going to enter in. So what does that mean? That means some that say, Lord, Lord's mine. Some are walking in light and treachery. Some are wolves in sheep clothing. Oh, but listen today, we got sheep and wolves clothing today. That's that's the most popular thing now, right? Well, you know, all you got to do is look into Leviticus. The Bible says that it says in the 28th chapter of the 28th verse of the 19th chapter, we ain't under law no more, are we? No, we're not. But it says here, ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord God. Listen, we ain't underneath the law anymore. But if you think that you putting praise the Lord on you, uh, tattooed on your body or cut into your body is going to praise the Lord, you're an idiot. Uh, I don't know how to put it any nicer than that. Uh, I know so-called Christians that when their kid dies, what do they do? They 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 tattoo their birth date and then they tattoo their death uh, when they died. Did they do they not know the scripture? Now listen to me. We ain't under the law anymore, but do we want to please God or don't we? Oh, that's a very simple thing, right? That ain't talking about ceremonial sacrifices or, or this or that. But listen, if you want to have the Lord bless you, well, then maybe you ought not to have cuttings on your flesh uh, for the dead, right? And maybe you wouldn't have print any marks on you. Uh, but, why, but why? Because you are the Lord's. It says, he said, don't do this for I am the Lord. Uh, but I ask you, are you the Lord's? And if you are, why are you doing what you do? Listen, I'm preaching to right? When I was in sin, uh, I, I got printings on my body that I ought not to have done. I, uh, uh, but you know what? I ain't going to show them. I, I ain't proud of them. I, I ain't going uh, to celebrate. I, I'm not going to say, look how Christian I am. I, I got a cross on my chest. I, when nobody ought to see my chest, no, I held. I, I, or I've got a, I've got a, a John three sixteen. I uh, printed on my neck. I, or uh, I seen a man just this other week, I, uh, this past week. I'm sure he didn't profess to be anything, but he had 999 tattooed on his neck, which is an upside down 666. Had tattoos all over him, really to the point that he would, you might consider him to be chronically unemployed. But anyhow, we stopped in there about doing some business, and I seen that and I thought, that man's world's up upside down. He's bearing the mark of the devil himself. Oh, but I'm thankful that I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. That I've been changed. That I was dead in my sins and my trespasses and raised a new creature in Christ Jesus. Though I was bound by the big seven sins, I don't have to go to bed at night and put my head on my pillow and war with whether I ought to kill my neighbor or not. Oh, 
God, he gave me love. <laughs> he gave me peace in my heart. So when those that would despitefully use me, I would do just that. I can love them all the same. Oh, I can say glory to God. I bear not the marks of scars and of, what's it say here? Of the print or the scars of this world. But I bear the marks and the print of being a new name, the Bible says, that he would place on our forehead. And glory to God. There's so many people, before they start doing business or anything, they want to let you know, now I'm a Christian. I go to this church. I go to that church. You better watch him, folks. Listen, if you're a Christian, you don't have to blow your own horn or Ring your own bell. That uh, the Lord told us uh, that we're to walk in His ways, and if we walk in His ways, uh, we'll stick out like an, a sore thumb, and we won't have to tell them somebody will have already told them. And just like the one preacher was talking about, and he visited here, and our name come up in the conversation, and there's two church going folks there, and boy, they just gave their opinion of some of the people that went to our church. And uh, he says, well, I know them. And uh, then they started to, uh, they, they changed their story a little bit. And they said, well, you know, I don't know if any of it's true. Um, he said, they're good people. But the point is, is so many times we don't realize that when we repeat gossip that isn't true, we tell a lie. And we'll have to give an answer for that. See, gossip ain't just wrong because you're gossiping. It's wrong because if it ain't true, you're going to burn in hell for lying because it's willful sin. Well, no, God, I didn't know. I did not know. I did not know. And, and, and anyway, I didn't tell it like I knew. I said, oh, so-and-so said, listen, the Bible tells us not to bear false witness. And if you don't know it to be true, it's the same as if you know it to be false because the Lord has commanded us not to be a tailbearer. Did we not read that? I think we read that. Did we read that or, or did I jump over that? Thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people, neither. I shalt thou stand amongst, I stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. So then, is he your Lord? Because if he's your Lord, you're going to obey him. It's that simple. Does that mean you're going to perfectly obey him? No, it does not because we're not perfect. But when we err, when we sin, when we transgress God, or when we willfully do that which we know we should not do, there is no blood that remains, right? We have to go back to Jesus Christ. We have to repent of our sin, and then he will forgive us. We can't just turn over a new leaf. Listen, there's people I've known that if they turn over the book of life that they are living out, not talking about the book of life, that's in heaven. I'm talking about the book that you're, we're all writing, right? Uh, 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 they turn up their 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 book uh, is is not a volume, uh, but it's a series of encyclopedias uh, that is made of thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. Because every time uh, uh, they get it wrong, they say, "Well, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to turn a new page." And so they've got volumes that are thousands of pages long. And not on one of them is the word I repent, wrote. Why? Because they think that salvation's 
Because the thinking, salvation is decided not to do it no more. Salvation is to acknowledge that I'm wrong to myself. And my salvation, though that might be a part of salvation, salvation is to repent. What does it mean to repent? Well, to be sorry. No, no, you're wrong. Now, there's a lot of drunkards that are sitting in prison and sorry they ever got in that vehicle and killed that child. Why? Because they like their freedom. Matter of fact, they would let themselves go because they want to treat everybody else like they want to be treated. And right now they want to be out walking the streets. Oh, but they're sorry. I, I know of uh, how, many, how many people, I, I, I come in contact with several people, right, uh, that have criminal records. I don't know how many start out with, though they might not say, I'm sorry, but they start out with, I was drunk. Have you heard them? How many stories? How many stories could we fill up a volume of? Stories of sin and regret and destruction that started with, I was drunk. They were sorry, but that's not salvation. That's not repentance. But repentance is a sorry unto salvation, which is a turning away. Listen, there's people that go to church for years, for decades, and they're here and they're there and they're here and they're there. And then you, you see them, it was like the message we heard preached. think it was, it was Robbie talking about the sheep, that when sheep get sick, they don't eat. And so when you don't come to church, right? If you, if you ain't physically sick, you're spiritually sick. And if you're physically sick, you also can be spiritually sick. And we know that if an animal is choosing not to eat, it's sick. But don't you judge me. Oh, no, that's not why I ain't here. Oh, no, sir. I, I, was, uh, I was something else, but it weren't that. And so they're here and they're there and they're here and they're there and they're never at the altar. Now I understand that because there's some churches that when you come to the altar, you're all by yourself and you're going to pray and you're either going to pray through or you're going to give up. And then whether you pray through or you give up, you're going to come to the altar by yourself and you're going to leave by yourself. But that ain't Nebo Free Will Baptist Church. Bless your heart. When you come down to this altar, you're going to have brothers and sisters in Christ that's going to pray with you. Lest you might as well go and find you an altar somewhere else. And, and, and it's good, is it not? Don't wait. If the Lord speaks to you tomorrow, uh, if this message is uh, uh, is heavy on your heart and he speaks to you tomorrow, you better find yourself a place for it. Uh, you, can, you can call up a loved one. You can call up the pastor. You can call up the assistant pastor and he'll pray with you. But the point, well, not really because daddy's phone ain't worked for 15 days. But but anyhow, or uh, is it 15 now or what? 18 days, all right, okay, so don't call him, and, I, uh, and if, it, if it's raining, you might not call me, see what I'm saying, I, uh, it's important, uh, the Bible says uh, that confess your faults one to another, and I, uh, don't, it doesn't say live out your faults amongst one another, I slay this brother and slay that brother, I, and then stand up and testify saying, I thank the Lord for saving, and we're all supposed to figure out that everything's okay now, I, uh, but Yep. Yeah. 
next week. You got to put your knife in your hand again. No, I'm telling you that when you fall, you need to repent. When you sin openly, you need to confess openly. Lest you live a lie and you be full of light and treachery instead of light and truth. There ain't no Christian going for years and years. There's a kid out of church. They're out of church. Their neighbor has got cancer. This your past feeling. If you ain't never been to the altar. If you don't need your brothers and sisters of this church praying for you, you need to go to a church that you got enough confidence in them that they can pray for you. Because I'm telling you, you're sick beyond the cure that lies within yourself. You need King Jesus. He's the only one that'll deliver you. All right, let's get some song to sing. For everyone that curses his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. Listen, that's Old Testament. But if you think for some reason you've cursed your father and mother and your blood ain't upon you and that God don't that God somehow holds you guiltless, once again, you're living a lie. You're not living in the light. Might I be so bold as to say you're not even light and treachery. You're a lie. You're living a lie and deception.